Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s. And Erica went through a sustained 50-pound weight loss and self-love journey. We created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. Today on the podcast, we sit down with Brenda Lomelli, a master certified life and weight loss coach and certified holistic nutritionist. Through her program, The Last 10 Pounds, Brenda helps women lose weight and create empowered lives filled with purpose. Her own journey includes an 80 pound weight loss after discovering the connection between food and emotions. On this episode, we do discuss weight loss. So if that is triggering, please tune back next week. In addition to weight loss, we also talk about what those quote 10 pounds really are. We talk about emotions, self-care, nutrition, and living an empowered life. We hope you enjoy the episode and you can also listen to Brenda on her own podcast, The Last 10 Pounds. This episode is sponsored by Milk and Honey. Guys, I am so excited to share our new sponsor, Milk and Honey, with you because I have been using their baking soda-free deodorant exclusively for over two years. This gentle, aluminum-free, baking soda-free deodorant was designed to nourish sensitive skin while keeping you feeling and smelling fresh all day long. When I decided that I wanted to make the switch to a clean aluminum-free deodorant, I tried so many different brands, and each and every time I was plagued with those red itchy bumps under my arm on top of not feeling confident whatsoever that I did not smell. Milk and Honey not only never once gave me those pesky little red bumps, but also passed the smell test even after some of LA's toughest workout classes. This is my ride or die deodorant, and we are so excited to partner with them. Milk and Honey is a line of non-toxic, effective, and safe bath, body, and skincare products made in small batches in Austin, Texas. They source ingredients as hyper clean as possible, which means both choosing organic and making thoughtful, informed choices on safe ingredients. Milk and Honey is a female-founded and funded brand, and in addition to clean deodorant, they also carry non-toxic bath, body, and skincare products like hydration creams, cleansers, soaps, body polish, and lots more that will make you feel nourished inside and out. If you want to try Milk and Honey, you can receive 15% off your order by visiting milkandhoney.com and using the code CWPODCAST, one word, at checkout. You can also find the direct link in our show notes. 
we have an exciting new discount for our listeners with Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic offers superfood coffee and elixirs to upgrade your daily routine. The powerful antioxidants, antiviral effects, and immune-boosting properties of mushrooms transform your cup of joe from an energy-boosting treat to a health-enhancing choice. Along with mushroom coffee, Four Sigmatic also offers mushroom elixirs, mushroom hot cocos, and other shroom-filled products. Erica uses the lion's mane in her morning superfood coffee. And even though I hate mushrooms, I absolutely love the products, especially the matcha latte powder, which contains myataki mushrooms and adaptogens. For 10% off Four Sigmatic products, visit foursigmatic.com and use the code COURAGEOUS at checkout. And there's also a direct link in our show notes. Welcome, Brenda. Thanks for joining us today. Yes, it's my pleasure. I'm so excited to be here. Um, We're looking forward to chatting with you. And uh, to start out, would you tell us in our audience a little bit about your personal story and then how that's led you to the work that you currently do? Yeah, I'd I'd love to. And by the way, I love the name of your podcast, Courageous Wellness. Courage, I mean, I think for me that I love language and meanings of words and everything. And I think courage is huge. It's been a huge part of my, my journey as well. So I was like, Oh, courageous wellness. I love that. I love those two words together actually. Yeah. Um, Cause it does take courage to really work through like, okay, this maybe is what works for that person. This maybe is what works for that person, but like what works for me and to really be able to stand up and, and um, claim that and without apology. And I think that, you know, that's been huge for me. So um, let me see. I'll say it's definitely been quite a journey, as I think a lot of people could say, but I struggled with my weight and emotional eating and body image, like all the stuff for like a couple decades, basically. (laughs) Um, But like, if I could give you a snapshot, I mean, at one point, I weighed up to 197, almost 200 pounds. And I know that everyone's body is different. But like, for me, that was not a healthy place to be. Like, I remember, I would say that was one of my rock bottoms in the sense that like, I can tell you a clear moment that I can think back to. I remember I was driving to class at the time. I was, um, I was going to school at a community college and I remember I needed to tie my shoe and like being out of breath and uncomfortable to like tie my shoe. And so, I mean, I'm just kind of giving you, I'm going to give you like little snapshots of different parts of my journey because it's been like a long windy road. And, but I think that a lot of people can even resonate with that. Just like sometimes it's been such a long windy road that like the timeline even is a little unclear, but you remember kind of these pivotal moments where, you know, you were like, okay, this isn't working. Like something has to change. So anyways, that was one of them. And of course, I tried all kinds of things. Like I remember going through this phase of like Slim Fast. Do you guys remember Slim Fast? Like I bought the cans of the Slim Fast. Yeah, in the 90s. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was the 90s. And, you know, but and I tried all kinds of things. I also like did get into running and being more active, which that was a good thing I picked up. So being active and movement has been... um, 
part of what I've been up to for a long time, but even with the movement, and I think that was part of my frustration is like, I'm active and I run. And then, you know, like there was a point I've done everything like CrossFit, rowing, like everything you can think of. And I was like, well, why do I still struggle with my weight? And there was actually a lot of resentment and frustration there for me as well. Like if I'm so active and I work out and I you know, eat so, and I'm going to do quotations healthy because a lot of the different things that I tried were probably questionable if they really were healthy um, for me. And, but there was so much frustration, like why, and, and even resentment there. Um, but anyways, I did lose a bunch of weight. And then at some point though, there was like fear even around like, what if I regain weight? And then I actually ended up at a place where I was literally afraid to eat and, you know, then found myself in an eating, having an eating disorder. And so that also was a rock kind of, yeah, that was, I would say that was like another rock bottom there mm. of the like twist and turns. But, you know, I really, honestly, there was in hindsight, I'm like, I am so thankful for that because, you know, the one way I look at it is like, I feel I was on everywhere of the spectrum of like where your relationship to food and your body can be and, and weights can be at. And what that allowed me to do was like, oh, okay. So simply losing weight, like wasn't the solution for me. Like there's something different. And basically what I had to figure out is that, oh, whether I am weighing a lot or a little, or I'm eating this way or that way, what I didn't realize is that there was a lot of me chasing after my worth, like my value. And I was defining, I was chasing after this elusive, well, it felt elusive at the time because I felt that it defined me and my worth. And, and so even those different, you know, kind of peaks of, of, of a, you know, situation and experience that I just shared with you, they all were just essentially like for me symptoms of the same thing as like, my relationship to food was so emotional. And by the way, I also should say I gained and lost 30 to 50 pounds, like multiple, multiple times, like that was part of it. And that just showed like how, how emotional my relationship was to food and and there were, you know, any time that I would be like feeling really stressed or challenged, I didn't, I like, emotional eating was a, my ineffective coping mechanism. And then you tie, you know, tie to that also the fact that I was also tying my own value and all kind, not just value, but like how attractive am I able to feel? And, you know, all, all these different things, like how social am I going to be because I, whatever is going on with my weight right now, all kinds of stuff. So it was all tangled up, you know, it was all tangled up and messy. And I essentially needed to essentially had to untangle it. Like no Brenda's worth is literally unshakable. Like I could weigh a whole lot or I could weigh a whole, you know, little, and my value is not tied to that. And then also I had to, you know, tease out my relationship with food. Oh, because also, by the way, I got my master's degree in occupational therapy at a, the University of Southern California, which like their focus is lifestyle redesign. So I had, I had my master's degree in that. I also was certified. I um, also got my training as a certified holistic nutritionist. And even with that, 
I was still struggling with my weight. So the reason I think that's important is because part of me at one point thought if I learn enough about food, like that will change it. Like that will be the solution. Um, I find that useful to share because I, you know, I think other people can resonate like, but I know so much about this and that. And I like Googled everything and like all the, you know, information about paleo is online or this thing or that thing. But then sometimes still find themselves frustrated with uh, whatever behaviors that they're noticing, like this doesn't make sense. It's, it's like whatever action I'm doing isn't aligned with what I want to create in my life or, or how I want to experience my life. And so then it feels frustrating. But anyways, um, yes. So it's a, you know, it's been like a, it was a long windy road, but totally worth it because essentially where I'm at now is like, I really believe I'm one of the world's experts on this topic. And especially the other thing I'll add too is I'm first generation Mexican American. So I'm a woman of color. I'm Latina, like proud Mexicana, all of that. And this is also a unique thing in the space of wellness, at least from my perspective. And we probably could get some data on that. And so there's a lot of also easy, even teasing out of like, you know, even if I have the nutritional information and I know like I want to take care of my body, but there's so much culturally that's mm -hmm. so many connections to like how we celebrate things or, or just even cultural expectations and messages. Um, as a first generation Mexican American, I would say too, that I, it almost feels for me like you're kind of living in two worlds. Mm -hmm. So there's like all these cultural messages and expectations in the culture at large. And then also like, in my family, my Mexican culture, my roots. And so like a lot of teasing out and untangling of things, uh, you know, finally brought me to this point where it's like, and, and, you know, I'm so thankful to myself that I was determined to figure it out and finally land at this place where I got myself equipped with tools to, if there are, you know, challenging situations or challenging emotions like stress or overwhelm, I have different tools to navigate through that so that then I can tease it out where it's like, hey, I actually genuinely love my relationship to food now. I really can say that. Like, I, I mean, you guys are seeing me like I'm smiling. I love my relationship to food. I love my relationship to my body. Um, and it's, it's really is like a dream. And so now what I do in my work is I work with with women and I'm a master certified life coach. I also have the nutrition training, uh, but I think even more importantly than that, like I've really had a pretty rich experience, which now I can really call it that. And you know, the work that I do and it's something that I'm so passionate about is being a guide and a coach and the support for other women to do their own untangling of things so that they can create their own you know, I, I'm telling you, I love your courageous wellness <laughs> um, brand on that. Like, that's what I help my clients do is really define what is that courageous wellness for them. And I've branded and um, my program and my process is called The Last 10 because it's about like really being done, like just always trying to lose weight essentially. And each person gets to define um, results they love as defined by them, but also on their own terms. And like mm -hmm. what that looks like for Ali or for Erica or for Brenda is going to be so different than anyone else listening. Right. So, oh my gosh, that was like, so, I mean, that's like the cliff notes version. 
Now, thank you so much for sharing your story. And, you know, I can relate so much to it as, you know, I lost 50 pounds through a self-love journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm just curious, what was like that final, like you said, you went up and down 30 yeah. to 50 pounds. You would always go back and forth. Do you remember the moment that changed, right? Like when mm-hmm. it became sustainable. Like you said, I was so afraid to eat and then I got an eating disorder. And I think so many people can relate to that where it's like just up and down. And so I'm just wondering what was that moment for you when it changed for the better and you no longer were controlled by food and fear? So I actually would say there's two moments and one was kind of like, yeah, so I'll just describe them to you. Two moments I can clearly remember. Um, one of was a tattoo. So I'll tell you about that first. There was, you know, that really was a rock bottom moment where I realized there's this thing, my parents or my family and I, we would all go on a trip, on a trip to Mexico, always around the holidays. Like it was this family thing we would always do. And this was kind of like at the, where I had the most fear around like not feeling in control with food. And so we were about to go on our trip and I literally lied to my family who, by the way, like my family is number one in my life in the world. Like family is so important for me. My parents, my siblings, like they're my best friends. And when I saw myself do that, it was just like, this is not making sense. And, and by the way, the reason I did that was because my thinking was if I go on this trip, you know, would have been like a two, three week trip. I felt, I felt like I wouldn't have control, right? It was all about the fear. It was so fear-based. And, and so at that point, I just made a decision. I was like, you know what? It was just one of those, like, I saw it so clear how it just didn't make sense. And I didn't want fear to run my life. And so I made a decision, like, from this moment moving forward, I will only make decisions out of love mm-hmm. and not fear. And I actually got a tattoo on my foot that says love. And I, of course, you know, I still have it because it's a tattoo. And, <laughs> and I also got a necklace. I remember at the time that said love. And, and even the like positioning of the tattoo on my foot was symbolic because, you know, if you think about our, our feet and how we walk like that, wherever in whatever direction we step in, like it was just that symbolic of it being on my foot. Like, okay, I will only step in the direction of love. Yeah. And so that was, that was like a, a very clear pivotal decision, but it also didn't give me the tools to do so because, you know, it sounds pretty poetic the way I'm describing it right now. And it was, it was like an amazing moment, like just moment in my life. Um, But I, you know, it's more of a process when you actually create that change. And so one of the, the other thing I would say is when I went and got certified as a life coach, for me, that's when I finally felt I had tools, oh, okay, to manage um, my emotions, like tools for processing emotions, tools for understanding, like, what am I thinking? Um, How am I thinking about this? Oh, when I think about it in this way, then I feel fear. When I think about X, Y, Z in this other way, then I can feel trust, right? So when when I got certified as a life coach, that training, I feel like that's what gave me the tools to actually execute what I had, you know, the decision I had made earlier of like, I really, I'm only going to do things out of love. Mm-hmm. So that would say those two things, those two moments. It's, I mean, that's amazing. And it's, you know, it's, 
I like that you are very open and honest about the fact that like it took a really long time yeah. to develop those tools and um and a lot of experience on top of a lot of education mm-hmm. in order to develop those tools. I'm curious that now that you have those tools, and not only do you have the tools, but you help other people start to develop tools like that for their own life. Yeah. Do you ever Because of course, like living from love, that's a wonderful thing. And it's great that you have a reminder on your foot. But as human beings, sometimes that fear or doubt can creep in. Um, So do you ever find yourself um, like struggling in the food space now? I know you said you have like a wonderful loving relationship with food, but like do you ever have a day where you still struggle or not really anymore? And if you do, what, how do you approach that just for yourself? That's such a great question. I, I, I would say, I would genuinely say like, I don't struggle. Mm -hmm. And here's, here's how I'll teach it though, because this is literally, and this is how I'll explain it. Actually, this is literally how I teach it to my clients. In fact, we were talking about this yesterday I'm like, even if something is like a little wonky and maybe you could have done it differently next time, I just, I just made a decision years ago now. Like I'm just not even ever going to call it a struggle and I will just call it fine tuning. I'll call it dialing it in. I'll call it a learning moment, but I won't call it a struggle because when I think of something as a struggle, it will feel as a struggle. Mm -hmm. So I legit can tell you like for years it, it just, there's nothing about it that feels like a struggle. And I'll give you an example. Um, so I just, I'm, pr- I'm pretty fairly a new mom. Like my daughter is what, uh, four, six, 15 months. So I'm trying, I'm like, what month is it? <laughs> um, yeah. So she's a, a little bit over a year old. So, and she's my first So I'm, I mean, I'm pretty much a newbie at being a mom. Right. But all, all that to say, like, um, not too long ago, I was pregnant. And I was nauseous, like basically for the entire first seven months. So almost the entire time. And like that nausea is, I had never experienced anything like that in my life. And, and I mean, I think this is a great example because it's like, that's a whole new life experience. And as like, you're experiencing nausea and like, basically the entire time I was eating like bagels, peanut butter sandwich. I think that was pretty much it. And that's so different than like what I normally put in my body, you know, but it was like, I mean, could I have called that a struggle? Yeah, but um, I, I don't, I just, I would call that, I mean, that's like being adaptive and like, that was so different. I don't even know if that's such a great example. Um, but when, so with the mindset that I have now about it, everything's just like, is this working for me? Is this not working for me? And if it didn't really work for me, what would I do different? It's just all feels like fine tuning. It all feels like I'm always just mastering at a, you know, whatever's coming up, even if it's different or, you know, uncharted territory. Yeah. I think that perception is really interesting because even myself, you know, like I'm an emotional eater. Food is, um, you know, it's, it's, has always been emotional for me. And it was an emotional part of my story. And, you know, I have, I sustained Mm -hmm. the 50 pounds, like that was about six years ago. And, you know, I've never quote gained it back or, or I haven't had much fear around gaining it back, but I've always struggled with my relationship with food because I still write like, you know, because my weight loss journey had so much to do with self-love when I would, um, 
I didn't deal with the food or the diet or anything. So those, those things would still come up, right? Like bad day, fight with my mom, whatever it is. Like I want to go to, you know, almond butter with a spoon, (laughs) whatever. But you know, it's interesting because in the last like six or seven months, I've been really trying to focus on like food freedom and food intuition and just really like changing my relationship with food forever. And it's been an amazing journey for me. But like you're saying, like if I have a night where, you know, I want Mm -hmm. an extra slice of cheese or, you know, whatever it may be, it's just like reframing that conversation of like, you know, if it's fine. You know, like it's okay. It's one night. It's not a big deal. Right. Like it doesn't define anything about you. And, um, I just think that's a really interesting conversation about like just perception, right? Like if struggle puts you down in a spiral, don't call it a struggle, right. Or whatever. It's like, we do have control. And I think that brings me to my question too, because I think can you, can we talk about your program, right? The last 10, which I think yeah. is such a fun name because, you know, so many people I think, right. Struggle with those last 10 pounds, Yeah, but it's, we're in an interesting space too, which I'd love to explore with you, right. About there is so much focus now on like food freedom and food intuition and even right. Like anti-diet diet mm-hmm. coaches. So yeah. how do you rectify the two, right? Like how, because I think there's nothing yeah. wrong with wanting to change the way you look, wanting to have weight loss, be it for physical health, emotional health, mental health, whatever it may be. We're all human who can have choice in our decisions, but there is like this billion dollar diet culture industry that constantly comes down on us. Um, and was even myself, right? Like so much of my self-worth was in how I looked. And that was such you know, from the outside. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm just curious if like, you know, what your thoughts are on that and how you've kind of rectified the two and how both can exist as well. Yeah. I love your question because this, I I think such an important conversation to be having out loud, because let me tell you, I get first row seat at how messed up our brains as women are not, and that's a generalization, not everyone, um, at this whole relationship with food and with our body, with like food and our weight. And, you know, if we think back um, where it it was on like, you got to lose weight, you got to lose weight, like everyone just needs to lose weight, right? This is basically what we're I'm kind of like being lighthearted and joking about it, but like diet culture, this is what we would call diet culture is like your value is defined by you being as small as possible. Right. Yeah. And I, and as I was saying like that, it, it messed me up too. Like I get it. Right. I'm not like diet culture for, and that those belief systems that are attached to it, not useful. However, like for me too, you know, we talk about like women taking their power back, et cetera. And I do think we're in a little bit of a space right now where we're saying, if you want to lose weight, that's not taking your power back. Mm. And then that not losing weight always is taking your power back. And I'm a really great example of like, look, I am seriously in my most powerful version of myself ever. Like I have built from my struggle, I have built myself a multiple, multiple six-figure business doing what I love from home, working part-time, 
um, helping other women create this powerful change in their life. And you know what? I weigh 80 pounds less than I did when I was struggling and suffering. And so we can't just label mm -hmm. taking your power back looking as one thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I do agree, like the belief systems behind everyone has to look a certain way is total BS because there's so many different kinds of bodies and everyone's going to look different. And so what I think is about is individual choice mm. that per each person gets to decide like, and us creating that space together for each other as women, right? Like yeah. that's like my dream. If, if I can be at a table or like on a vacation with a bunch of women and someone's like, Oh, I want to lose 10 pounds. And I'm like, Oh, good for you. Like, go get it. Like make it happen if that's what you want. And then also as someone that like, I feel great at X, Y, Z weight. Like if each person can really just claim whatever them feeling powerful looks like and them taking care of themselves looks like, I think that's like the amazing space. But one um, metaphor that I think could exemplify this is, for example, if a woman sets a goal of, you know, for example, myself right now, I, ha I currently have a goal of growing my, my current business to a seven-figure company. More than likely, even the most feminist of people, of anyone, wouldn't be like, oh, no, that's too much, like, or you shouldn't have that goal right? However, can we also, but at the same time, like we can say we live in a consumerist culture where a me there is a message of like, you should have more, the more you have, the better, right? So I think it's like, tease. It, it's the same as teasing that out. Like, mm. do, would I say we live in a consumerist culture where that is a message? Yes. However, do I still get to set a goal in a powerful way if I want to? Yes. So it's like individual choice. And I think that's a good example for it. Um, so we're not kind of like throwing out the baby with the bathwater, you know, because for some people, taking your power back does mean like, hey, I do learn tools and I'm not eating, emo you know, some new self-care tools, emotional self-care tools, and I'm not sabotaging and I'm not emotionally eating and I feel better and I take better care of myself. But for some people, it will be like, you know, even with my clients, there is at one point where there's that decision, like I am done trying to lose weight. Right. right. So it's, it's complex. And for that reason, I think it's the power is in the choice being made by that individual. And then as a culture, us holding the space that that's going to look so many different ways. It's not so black and white. Yeah, I think you bring up some really good points because that's something that Erica and I often discuss about and we've we've continued discussions and there's all different movements and I, you know, there's obviously space and reason for all of them yeah. um, with like even healthy at every size we've been exploring more and, um, but I think, you know, but then Erica's also like, but my personal journey was like, I did feel better in yeah. my case, when I lost that, and it wasn't because I was losing it to become happier. It was like, I became more in touch with myself. And then that was a result, like her weight loss journey was a result of her self-love journey. And then her education continued in nutrition and those types of things. But it, it is really, I think the way you articulate that where it's like, it's layered and also the reason behind wanting to do something often 
says a whole lot. And if, if people think that, you know, the last 10 pounds is going to solve their life problems, Mm -hmm. they're probably confused and going to be disappointed. (laughs) That's the same with money, right? If I'm expecting that if I have more money than a certain circumstance that determines like my happiness, you're right. That, that is misinformation. But I can set that goal so powerfully though, when I know it doesn't determine my happiness, I just get to go and do it just because I want to. And I know I can, that's powerful. Right. Mm -hmm. And that it doesn't, it doesn't control you in that way. I also think what you said was wonderful about like being at the dinner party, like your, your dream for, you know, because I think also there's been for so long, which is perpetuated by sort of this insane diet culture industry where it's like this size, one particular size is better than any other size. And that sort of superiority or like sort of hierarchy within, within, I don't know, it's just like, it doesn't, that is not real that yeah. people, people can be their optimum at all different sizes, Absolutely. but that you have, like you were saying, like you have the choice to have that be whatever you want to look, want it to look like for yourself and for what, what your body, you know, can be healthfully. Yeah. And I, do. and I would add to, and for reasons that you love, which for everyone are so different, mm-hmm. like, listen, if you, if a compelling reason for you is that like, you know, you do want to get into a certain pair of jeans that you have, like, that's cool. If it feels good for you though, mm-hmm. right. If it feels good for you. Um, but also if it's like, cause you want to have more energy mm-hmm. or, I mean, there's just, it's so individual that that's like the, I just think the black and white thinking about it isn't useful that we apply it to everyone. I know. You know? Yeah. Well, that brings me to a question I have too, because how do you help people, right? Or if anybody's listening, who's like, this is my time. I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to be a size two. I want X, Y, and Z. But sometimes, right. And I, I even have realized this with myself, like I've lost 50 pounds, but my happy, healthy weight is where I currently am. Like that, yeah. this is my happy, healthy weight. Um, you know, during the holidays every year I go up a little, but it always comes down, right? Because this is my happy, healthy, natural weight. And that is a size, about a size eight, you know, and that yeah. is my happy, healthy. Um, so how do you work with women or individuals who, you know, they might be a size eight or a size six, but they want to be a size two and that might yeah. not be their happy, healthy. Um, or do you think we can always get to a size, you know, so yeah. I, what do you think about that? Cause at least for myself, I've had to realize like, you know, when I was at my biggest, which was like a size like 14, I thought like, you know, size two is like the dream, right? Like when I was like younger and yo-yoing, but when I finally had my self-love journey and kind of found like size eight, that's my happy, healthy. Yeah. It was, um, it's not a size two for me. So how do you help women kind of rectify what they want and where their healthiest is? So, so yeah, I do want to make, um, to clarify, uh, for me, the last 10 and like my program and my brand and even my framework that I've created, it's, it's, um, 
you know, even my tagline is results you love defined by you. And we approach it from the mindset perspective. Like I wish I could like show you my framework, but there's the, there's three, like if you can think of a a three circle Venn diagram, that's what they're called, right? Venn diagram. Mm -hmm. Um, One element is physical autonomy. So that's like you really being the, um, the decision maker that has total autonomy because you understand how your body responds to different things. So you really become the expert on your body and what works for your body, how your body responds to things or even, and even how much you want to care about certain things. Like, listen, I love to eat cookies and enjoy certain things my mom makes. And, and, and I know very well that the nutritional value on those things is nothing. (laughs) Like, in fact, it like, you know, our, our bodies weren't even meant to consume sugar, but like I get to decide how much I care or don't want to care, right? So anyways, that's the first Venn diagram is physical autonomy. The other um, major piece I call emotional courage. Yeah, I told you I love the word courage because that's actually the element of um, the individual really feeling they have tools to take care of their emotions. So see, we're talking about taking care of and self-governing your body and then your emotions. And then the, the um, third element is mental flexibility. And so we're just essentially talking about managing your brain, like your mindset, your brain. And so when I am working with each of my clients and we're looking at all of that, if like, let's say I did have a client who for them it is physiologically impossible, you know, to arrive at a size two, like to use, you know, use your example, just because of how the work is set up, we would be addressing any belief systems that are keeping that person still feeling that like they're struggling to achieve something that isn't yeah. really what they're wanting, the relationship they're wanting to have to themselves. So really the last 10 isn't about 10 literal pounds. It's about being done struggling. Mm. And so for someone that might be, I'll give you some examples. I had a client who, when she started working with me, she weighed like 260 ish pounds. And like, she's, she just wanted to be in about the one nineties. And so for, you know, I do think that for the most part, this is not always true, but for the most part, we have a good general understanding of like what's possible for our bodies. But again, this is a generalization. This is not always true. But, uh, but the way that I'm approaching it with my clients, we're not just like, okay, that's the goal. And like, we're only looking at that. We're addressing like, what are your thoughts? How are you feeling? Right? There's always, that is always actually the driver's seat is like, how am I thinking about this? How am I feeling? And so if you're approaching your goal from feeling, you know, desperate, right? Or inadequate, that's going to come up way before. I mean, it's going to come up because that's how we're looking at the whole thing. We're looking at it from all three major elements and equipping you, equipping you with the tools to feel like you can be the boss of really taking care of yourself in, in every way. And yeah. so, you know, if there were to be like a set of revol, you know, um, how there's like those revolving doors you can like walk in and walk out. Mm-hmm. 
the way I see it is like the process, what it allows each person to do is like you walk in, you've got like this huge struggle. Every, like everything with food feels like a struggle. Your weight feels like a struggle. You walk in and you equip yourself with tools and process and awareness and intentional decision-making um, awareness around like why you make certain decisions, what is aligned with the results that I'm wanting to create and experience. And what, you know, if we imagine like people walking out of the revolving doors, it's not like everyone walks out looking like the exact same, like model of a Barbie, right? It's like everyone walks out just being done with the struggle yeah. and with results they love defined by them, which could be That's like great. my client who starts, you know, weighed to some 200 and something and just wanted to lose 60 pounds. But also I do have clients that like, you know, I just had a client that she signed up for my process. She wanted to lose these eight. She's like, I want to lose eight pounds, but honestly, I don't even care, Brenda. Um, she had been a, essentially a fitness instructor her whole life. She's like, I just want to be done with the like mental acrobats that are happening in my head every day about what am I going to eat? What am I not going to eat? And so she literally was like, I almost, I don't even care if I lose weight, but I want to be done with the mental and the emotional struggle. And that is really what the last 10 is. And so any weight loss that my clients experience is as a byproduct of really be learning how to actually take care of their, their emotions, how to take care of their brain, your mindset, and being really empowered about your body and you get to decide how much, you know, you want to care. Like for me, you know, you described this is your weight that you love to be at. I, I'm like, this is the weight that I love to be at. Yeah. I love how I take care of myself here. I love my relationship to food here. Yep. I love all of it. And like no one else outside of me can tell me otherwise because I'm the boss here. And so that's if everyone can have that relationship to themselves and their yeah. decisions, that's the last 10. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I think that's really like beautiful. And I think like you said, like that's the dinner party, right? Like yeah, that's exactly. everybody walking in, like being like, you're a size 12, you're a size eight, you're a size 18, you're a size zero. And we all just exist because that's like where we're healthy and happy. And yeah. Um, and can I add to that all this also? Yeah. Because, because I think this is important too in our space right now. And at this fabulous, you know, dinner party. And I don't know why I just imagined we're like in the, um, like Bali or something somewhere <laughs> tropical, amazing. Also someone might order a glass of wine and, and just go straight for dessert. And also someone might be like, Oh, I'll take a salad, no cheese. I don't do mm -hmm. dairy. Like also someone might be like, can I get a shot of tequila? Like, do you know what I mean? Like there's space for all of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Like yeah. that gives me goosebumps. I'm like worked up over here, excited. <laughs> like can, when, when can we go? <laughs> right. We should plan this event oh and like God. it could just get bigger and bigger. Sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, such a, you know what it is? It's a judgment free zone yes. where each person really is like, girl, like you do you, like, yeah, I just yeah. want, like, you feel good. I feel good. Everyone gets to feel good. And there's, we're just not judging each other, but more importantly, we're not judging ourselves. Cause yeah. that's the space right now that I, what I see is like, there's so much internal struggle without the space to air things out because yeah. it's like, Oh, you want to lose weight. And then there's so much shame on that. Right. And, or, or the opposite of it, you know, it's kind of like, um, 
women are feeling, a lot of women, as it relates to their relationship to food or their weight, like they're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Like you get judged if you do, you get judged if you don't, you know? Yeah, it's true. We talk about that all the time where it's like oftentimes in sort of like mainstream diet culture, it's like if you don't, if you are a certain size and you don't want to lose weight, well, you're unhealthy. And that's often used as like a weapon against that. And it's like, actually, you just don't know. You're not that person's doctor. You're not like, you have no concept, but but that like, I feel like even the idea of like healthy has been co-opted and used um, in a judgmental way and to one to one side of things. And then as yeah. you're saying, in the other way, it's like, but what if I lost a couple pounds or what if I lost 50 pounds and I, I feel amazing. And mm-hmm. is, is there something yeah. wrong with me? Because I didn't, I like, I wanted that for myself, that kind of thing too. So it's, yeah. it's like all yeah. this judgment. Well, before we start to wrap up, we always ask all of our guests three questions. Ooh. So yeah, I know that <laughs> I think you're going to like one of them too, yes. it's about okay. marriage, but we'll get I'm there. Excited. <laughs> so the first one is, um, especially as, as a coach and someone who works so closely with your clients, how, how do you take care of yourself? What does your self care look like on a daily basis? Yeah. Oh my gosh. The first thing that popped up in my head right now is that one of the newest recent additions to my that I think of my self care is that I hired a house manager. <laughs> so anyone who's like, okay, I really believe this now. I'm like, anyone who's a mom and owns a business, like a, I didn't even know a house manager existed, but I was like, this is what was happening every every day. Basically, my kitchen was a mess and my laundry situation was a mess. And I kept trying to like, you know, get it done and fit it in. And I was like, this is, you know, almost a year after my daughter was born, I was like, this is not like working out. The laundry is a mess. The kitchen's a mess. So I started looking into different options and I found out there's these thing, there's these people, um, called house managers. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is the most amazing thing. So I honestly, I think that is one of my biggest self-care things right now, because she, this is amazing. Like we like my husband and I joke that it feels like we have a fairy in the house now because I come into my home office and I do my work, you know, I'll be in here for a few hours and she gets here, you know, kind of in the morning time. She makes dinner for us. She does all the laundry. She organizes all our clothes. She even gets rid of my daughter's stains on her clothes. She'll even feed our dog. And then when I come out of my home office from my work, like my house is clean, dinner's ready. So my self-care, all of that to say, my self-care is just, I got myself more support because you know what? I do a lot. So I need support. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The next question that we ask, and you've kind of touched on throughout our entire episode, but what does being courageous mean to you? Yeah. Being courageous means doing it my way, mm-hmm. like doing it my way what works for me, no apology. Um, there's, you know, I think that as women, and, and I think this was a huge part of co- what contributed to my struggle. And we're even, you know, we've talked so much about diet culture, but really like all the shoulds, any mm-hmm. of the shoulds, like should eat this, shouldn't eat that, should weigh this, shouldn't weigh that, but they really apply to anything, right? Like should have long hair, should you know, everything like should have the kitchen clean, like everything you could think of. There are so many shoulds. And so, um, what was the question? Like, what is, 
courageous. Oh my gosh, I forgot the question already. Yeah. What does being courageous mean? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Being courageous means like saying no to the shoulds and just being like, no, this is what works for me. Hmm. This is, this is how I want to do it. Like on my own terms and like doing it without apology, you know? So in, in a powerful way. Um, yeah, I think that would be it. Thank you. Okay. And then the last one, um, do you have any books that have been particularly inspirational to you along your journey? It doesn't have to be on, on the work that you do. It can really just be something that's meant something to you. Yeah. Okay. Well, one of my favorites is the alchemist. Mm -hmm. Like that's just, I mean, I think that's probably the book that I can think way back to the first book that I was like, oh, you know, like life is a journey kind of thing. <laughs> and then, so that's the, uh, that's probably the first one I can think back to. And then the most recent is Untamed. Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, that book, like. Amazing. Ta- yeah. Talk about no apology too. It's totally on theme and on brand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cause that, yeah. that's so important for me. Like when I'm working with my clients, it's like, no, like you really get to make this whatever you want. Cause when it comes to food, we're so used to like, oh, this idea of, you know, I can and I can't, I should or I shouldn't. And like rule following, really have to like break pack, past the rule following and being like, no, no, what truly works for you? And like, mm-hmm. you can check in with your body about that. You can see the results, what happens, et cetera. But yeah, I love Untamed because that goes along with that whole, you know, you kind of have to be a little bit of a rebel and feel like you're going a little rogue for you though, you know? Yeah. I love it. I love Untamed so much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So for anybody who wants to find you, work with you, stalk you on Instagram, where can they find you on the internet? Yeah. Okay. So I do have my own podcast and I, I've been doing it for almost four years, week, every week. So there's a bunch of stuff there. It's called the last 10 pounds podcast. So that'll be simple to find. And then also my website, brendalomelly.com. And then on Instagram, I am underscore brendalomelly. So that's all the places. Thank you. And thanks again for joining us today. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.